You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Story, the Denver Gazette, and my good friend, Nick Ferguson. Nick, how you doing this beautiful Thursday morning? Hey, uh, spectacular, my friend. How about yourself? Good. I'm, I'm a little worried about getting out of my driveway. Um, you know, lots of snow last night, Nick. I Again, maybe, maybe I just don't pay attention to the weather here, but I was not expecting the amount of snow that we got last night. I don't know about you, but like, I, it was like 10 o'clock and I was like watching a movie or something. And I got up and looked outside because people were talking about it snowing. I said, well, my goodness, it's not just snowing. This is a lot of snow. Uh, and now I wake up this morning and it's like eight inches. And I'm like, how am I going to get to work today? So I, I am a little worried about that. Well, in all for fairness, uh, you've had a lot to uh, concentrate on in yeah. the last 48 hours. So uh, I can understand the reason for being a little distracted. Yeah, the last... Uh, few days i don't even know what day of the week it is nick um you know the last few days it's been it's been nuts and and yesterday was another busy day at dove valley uh we heard from interim head coach jerry rosberg as as well as several players we'll get to the players a little bit later nick uh specifically russell wilson but i wanted to start today's show off with jerry rosberg obviously longtime special teams coach in the nfl comes out of retirement uh when george payton gives him a call uh, in September and says, Hey, we need somebody to come help us with our game management. Jerry says, all right, I'll come, I'll come help you out friend. And, uh, you know, comes in, what was it? The third game of the season, I think. Um, yeah. And, uh, four months later, five months later, uh, George Payton said, Hey, can you be the interim head coach? And, you know, he talked for a long time, Nick on, um, on Wednesday. I don't know if you caught his press conference, Nick, Started with a 13-minute opening statement. I mean, I was standing there thinking, they're going to have to push practice back. This guy this guy's giving us uh, a dissertation. And uh, then obviously answered question. Very interesting guy. Uh, you could tell, Nick, and I want to get your reactions, but you could you could tell this guy's been in, in, in the league for a long time. He's been around football a long time. Uh, and no, he's never been a head coach before. Uh, but he has been around some some very smart football minds. Obviously, John Harbaugh uh, in Baltimore, that's where he was the longest. But uh, what was maybe your reaction to Jerry Rosberg's press conference? Because I know for me, that was not that was not really what I was expecting yesterday. Well, it was not what uh, anyone was expecting. But uh, my first impression was, you're right. It, it was a guy who you can tell he's been around some great coaches. And he's been in the league for a significant amount of time because I've never seen an opening press conference for anyone where an individual just kind of went on uh, kind of their backstory. And that's what he was trying to do, trying to 
uh, enlighten the fan base and the media on who he was. Now, you can Google him and look at his resume, but you got to consider it this way, George. He's been in the in league 40-plus years. How many opportunities has he had to, and that's Jerry Rosberg, stand at the podium and having everyone listening and waiting on his beck and call, trying to figure out what his philosophy is going to be with the team? Because it, seldom do uh, guys move from special teams to become head coaches. I mean, you, you look at uh, Joe Judge, he was able to do it. Uh, John Harbaugh, uh, he was able to do it. So Jerry was trying to maximize his time because you never know when this is going to happen again. Will he be a guy in the running for the Broncos head coach after the, this two-game season that he has? We don't know. It all depends on how well he does. But, hey, man, he was shooting his shot. And he let everyone know right off the bat who he was. But I thought how he started it off was very interesting because when coaches go to that podium, automatically, you know, guys raise their hand. They want to immediately jump into asking questions. But he was quick to stop the media. He was quick to say, hey, you know what? I'm This is my moment. I'm going to seize the day. And I'm going to maximize the most out of this opening press conference. But the details he gave as to, how he was going to handle this team moving forward, I, I thought uh, it was it was it was great in, in my mind. So the plan is solid. Now we have to see what the execution actually looks like. Yeah, and to be fair, uh, most of us media members uh, knew he was going to open with an opening statement uh, and did not just start shouting at him like one member did um, when he first got up there. So uh, that was that was obviously interesting. But uh, Nick, I, I thought there were there was a couple key things in his opening statement and just his entire availability that really stuck out to me. And we're going to get to each of them. But I wanted to first start with obviously his plan because uh, it is it is only two weeks, right, Nick? Uh, yeah. he, it's not like he's coming in halfway through a season, sort of like Steve Wilkes did in Carolina, right? And he 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 kind of righted the ship there, and, and heck, he might get that head coaching job with the Panthers, but. He's only got two weeks, and and that's a short time. And he talked kind of about he wants to be kind of the, the first spark to change the culture here in Denver. Uh, and so here's here's some audio from him talking about his plan uh, and how he's going to go about coaching this football team these last two weeks. The NFL is now, has been forever, and always will be a player's game. My goals when I – come here in this role is to help these players excel in all ways. And my, my plan for that is to give them tools to excel. This, these next two games, I want, this, I want this team to play like I, I envision a football team playing. I want us to, to be offensively, defensively, and special teams the way I envision the NFL football being played. Man, this guy, Nick, I, I don't know about you, but I walked to him and I was like, how's this guy not been a head coach before? <laughs> this guy, I mean, like he, the way he spoke, uh, it, it really, Nick, it, it felt to me like he so, sort of demands excellence. Uh, he commands a presence. Uh, I also thought it was interesting, Nick, some of the players said that, you know, because I, I just assumed he was kind of a behind the scenes type of guy. And, and he was in, in some sense of what he was doing. But he held meetings every single week with the entire team uh, where he would go over the officials, right, who, who are calling the game, their tendencies, what penalties they like to call. 
you know, certain situations going over, you know, when when they were going to, you know, call timeouts or, or uh, what certain looks they were going to get from other teams in certain situations. Like he was very involved in what they were doing week to week in terms of their game plan. So he's a guy that they're very familiar with. And again, sounds like they've got a lot of respect for him. I, I, I kind of expected them to be like, oh, yeah, we, we know who Jerry is, but he he's somebody that has come in here and in the short time that he's been here has already kind of commanded a lot of respect. Yeah, he has. I, I know, you know, we're saying, you know, short period of time, but he's been with the team since week three. He wasn't with the team and, and during the preseason and during the whole offseason campaign. But when you're with a team for, you know, since – week three, you have a chance to kind of ingratiate yourself into the culture of what's going on. The fact that you're saying that he was holding meetings, that showed guys that, okay, well, he has some knowledge of the game and it established somewhat of a a authority, even though Nathaniel Hackett was the foremost authority when you look at this team. So it it wasn't really, I guess, uh, shocking the way that the players kind of responded to him. And it's amazing because you say, well, Jerry's been in this game for a long time, and this is his first opportunity. And you said it yourself. How is it that this guy has never had an opportunity to be a head coach because that is the way that it works in the NFL? The owners, when they look at what head coaching prospects should be, they already have their mental checklist. And if you don't don't check all those boxes, you're not going to get that opportunity. And here's another thing. Now, we know there are both players and coaches that, that you know, receive the, the, the best actor award at the podium. They say the right things. They do the right things all the time. And the question is, is Jerry one of those guys? Because here's where the rubber meets the road. I like everything that he said. He's trying to get the most out of his players. That's what you should do as a coach. But when it comes to issues that could arise on Sunday in Kansas City, see, that's where we get a chance to see where Jerry's leadership is. And cra- crazy thought, you tell me how you feel about this because crazy things have been known to happen. We know uh, Greg Penner, they want to win. They want someone who has a certain amount of leadership. Is there a scenario in your mind where the Broncos go out in Kansas City and do what they haven't done in 14 tries and win that game and now the ground swell for Jerry Rosberg to be interviewed for the Broncos head coach in 2023 starts to grow. Is there a case like that? Well, Nick, if they win on Sunday, they might as well sign that man to a lifetime contract because <laughs> if if they can if they can somehow beat this Kansas City Chiefs team, who I think is going to win the Super Bowl. Like I, I've I've already locked them in as my pick to win the Super Bowl. I know not a bold pick right now, but if they were to somehow beat them, and the Broncos have not beaten them, uh, what fourteen straight times, right? It's fourteen, right, 14. Straight, straight losses. If they were able to do that, Jerry Rosberg, I'm serious, he should be considered for the head coaching job because that would be arguably Nick the biggest win for this team since Super Bowl Fifty. If they were to somehow pull that off, wow, uh, that would be a huge pendulum swing from right to left yes so i mean why why not why not but i you know i also thought it was interesting though he did say um you know he's not trying to build his resume he's not worried about what happens after this season uh i don't know if that's just him talking if that's just him saying that or if he really means like i'm not interested in the job 
I mean, he is 67 years old, Nick. He was retired, uh, comes out of retirement to do this. I don't know. It'd be, it would be, I think they would have to do some convincing for him. If the, if, you know, if they really wanted him to be the head coach, I think there'd have to be some convincing. Maybe I do think Nick, this is what my thought was is if they hire somebody that he's maybe familiar with, let's say, for example, Jim Harbaugh, who obviously he coached with his brother. I wonder if a guy like Harbaugh says, Hey, Jerry, I want you to stay on staff as you know, a consultant or the special teams coach, uh, you know, something like that. I, I think they're, and, and not just Jim Harbaugh, I'm sure there's other coaches in the league. I mean, Dan Quinn, Sean Payton, those guys, I'm sure he's familiar with. Uh, and if he does a good job, even if, even if they lose these last two games, I think there's a chance that the new head coach comes in and says, Hey, I want to keep that guy. Uh, let's try and, and keep him and pay him the money that he's worth. Because I do think he's a, a very important part. And, and to be fair to him, Nick, when he came in, obviously the game management wasn't great. It's improved throughout the, the season, the, the clock management, uh, you know, when to go for it on fourth down, those sorts of things all improved once he stepped into the building. So I, I feel like he's done a really good job in the roles that he's served so far. So I don't know if they'll actually consider him, but uh, I, I liked what he said. How about, how about what he said about beating the chiefs, Nick, when was the last time we heard somebody coaching the Broncos get up there and say, this is unacceptable what has happened here losing to the chiefs. And I want to change it. I want to beat those guys. I mean, I, that was, that was, you know, singing, you know, singing the praise, like talking to the fan base there. I was like, my gosh, like, why have we not heard that the last few years? Well, the whole thing, I mean, if you're going to talk to talk, you, you have to walk the walk and, and Jerry being in that, uh, let's just say uh, a back and foreground type of uh, uh, role, he was able to see a lot of things. And based on his experience and being around certain coaches, it probably didn't gel well with him. And to be fair, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, he didn't really talk too much about the Broncos, Chiefs, uh, you know, victory, losses, uh, percentages, because to me, he didn't want to put added pressure on himself, right? Jerry comes out from behind the curtain and was like, yeah, okay, I'm here. I've arrived. I only have a two-game sample size. That's all I need. It's a two-game season. So I'm going to say everything that I, I think that needs to be said but, but I will add this to it. I, I thought it was really uh, cool that he talked about that standard, right? Talked about what the Broncos stood for before. And to your point, yeah, he added a little flame to the fire. Let's just see how the team kind of reacts to it. Can they back him up? And what he said about not wanting to lose to Kansas City, that should not be the mindset because this organization, the Broncos, that is, is that that is a story – uh, and prideful franchise, and the fact that you've lost to one team, not several teams, but one team this many times, it is utterly ridiculous. So when he said that, I was like, man, that echoed something that I've heard from Pat Bolin and Mike Shanahan. So that's why I had to ask you the question. If Jerry were to pull this off, these last two games, and a team looks so much better than they looked on both sides of the ball in special teams, then they've looked all season, could he get a shot? And maybe not as head coach, but I like your idea of maybe the incoming coach retaining him to possibly be maybe a consultant or a special teams coach. Yeah, I just like the guy's attitude, man. I I, I think that he's he's a, a veteran presence. And, and, and Nick, that's the other thing too about this this year's staff. And we, we have so much more to dive into after a break here soon. But 
like this year's staff was so young, uh, a lot of inexperienced guys. We talk about talked about that before. And you bring a guy in like Jerry Rosberg, who's done this for 20 years in the league and done it at a high level. Uh, I think it's kind of a, a, a presence that they've needed. And I think that you look at him and, and maybe that's kind of the direction that they want to head for their next head coach, right? It's somebody that has that head coaching experience, somebody that has seen the ups and downs of this league uh, and can kind of speak like, like Jerry Rosberg did yesterday. So Nick, we've got a lot more to dive into. We've got to take a quick break. Uh, and then we'll jump into maybe a little bit more of Rosberg, but also some player reactions. Nick, we heard from Russell Wilson yesterday, uh, Justin Simmons, Dalton Reisner, and Randy Gregory all took the podium yesterday to talk, obviously, about a lot of different stuff. So we'll dive into all that after this quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. And Nick, uh, we talked a lot about Jerry Rosberg. I'm sure he'll come up some more as as we continue today's podcast. But uh, I wanted to get into some of these, these players' uh, reactions yesterday. Um, you know, we, we obviously heard from, from Russell Wilson, uh, Justin Simmons, Randy Gregory, and, and Dalton Reisner. Um, and, and, you know, Gregory and, and Reisner kind of had their own little things that they needed to address, Nick, uh, up on the podium. We'll get to them in a bit. But I wanted to really talk about uh, Russell Wilson and what he had to say yesterday. Uh, and, and we have some audio here, Nick, and I'm going to have us play that first and then get kind of your reaction. But he kind of shouldered the blame for what has happened, um, you know, partially this season, uh, and also Nathaniel Hackett, uh, obviously, you know, getting the axe. Uh, he kind of took a little bit of blame for that. So here's here's him talking about that uh, and, and kind of his reaction to the the news. You know, uh, obviously, you know, devastated by Coach Hackett because I think he's an amazing man, amazing teacher, amazing father. Just watching him with his kids and what he's been on to do and how he's taught the game for us. Um, you know, this season has been uh, a season that we never thought was going to happen the way it did. Um, and uh, he was a guy that spent all his time, all of his effort um, into us as, as players, as staff members, everybody coaches as well. And so I think that he, um, <clears throat> he's going to be an amazing coach. Um, he's one of the brighter minds I've been around. And um, <clears throat> I think also, too, you know, it's been a crazy season, tons of injuries, tons of everything else. But the reality is, is that, you know, I, I wish I could have played better for him, too. You know, as wish I could have played 
at the, at the standard and the level that I've played, you know, I've always played at and know, known how to play at. So, um, but what I do know is uh, he's resilient. He's going to be a tremendous coach, like I said, and um, you know, I love him to death, and everybody uh, misses him for sure. Uh, thanks to uh, DenverBroncos.com for that audio. Uh, Nick, what's your reaction to, to Wilson saying that? And I will say, you know, Wilson is not the only one that said that. Every single player that spoke yesterday uh, kind of said a similar thing. Hey, I wish I would have played better. It's on me. It's on the players as much as it's on the coaches about what happened. He, they, they're absolutely right. And Russell is absolutely right. And that's when you're in a situation like this that no one expected, neither the players, the coaches, or the fan base, and something happened like this, uh, people get fired. And accountability is one of those things that Jerry Rosberg talked about. And I felt as though this team did not have a couple of years ago. But to have players stand, stand up at that podium and say, hey, this one is on me. Yeah, it is on you. And there should be every single player in that locker room who's saying the same thing. Now, here's the flip side of that coin. Since you know that, it, your idea is that why didn't you do anything to change it? And I'm hoping that with Coach Hackett being fired, and we've seen it uh, in years past, we've seen it this season when you know Frank Wright was fired in Indianapolis and Jeff Saturday came in and took over. That first game, the Colts team uh, as a whole played well. They played inspired football, and you were left feeling like, where was this at the beginning? So you're hoping that maybe this lights a fire under certain guys who that fire wasn't lit. And I know that's hard to believe you play a professional sport and they pay you for it, that uh, you go out there and you put your best foot forward. If there are any guys in that locker room that feel ashamed because Coach Hackett was fired, they should go out there and try to pay uh, respect to him by going out there and playing well. And then when the interviews are there at the locker room, they can say, well, this one was for, you know, Coach Hackett. It's not similar to saying this was one, this one was for John. But at the same time, you go out and you play for your coach. But it's still going to raise some questions, George. Why play the way that you're playing right now in Inspire Football when you could have done that for the first 16 weeks of the season? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they respond this weekend. Uh, you know, Russell said that they had one of their best practices of the year uh, on Wednesday, and it wasn't because, you know, Jerry Rosberg came in and changed what they were doing in practice, but it was because guys knew that they needed to be sharp because of what happened and that it was kind of a – I don't know if a wake-up call is the right word, Nick, um, but, you know, they, they felt like uh, they let Coach Hackett down and that they, they needed to come out – sharp and ready to go uh i thought it was also interesting nick justin simmons said the exact same stuff and obviously he's a defensive guy uh and the defense has played up until sunday relatively well this season obviously they've been kind of the backbone but even he said hey i wish i could have played better i built a really strong relationship with coach hackett and i feel like i let him down justin simmons of all people man this guy he's about to be on his fifth head coach uh, in eight years, right? I mean, he's been here for all of the, these coaching changes the last several years. Um, I thought it was interesting what he had to say, Nick. I don't know if you caught the end of his press conference, but I asked him, you know, what does he want in, in the next head coach? What is what has maybe been missing? Um, you know, what what can what can they do? What who who can they go get uh, that would maybe fix this 
and he 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 was very blunt with me, Nick. And he said, "Man, I just want to win. I don't know. I don't care who it is, what they do, uh, who they hire, whatever." He goes, "I just want to win football games. So if they get a coach in here that can do that, then I'm cool with it." Um, what what would what what what's your reaction to that? And I don't again, I don't know if you caught most of uh, Justin's press conference, but he had some interesting things to say. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Uh, when, when you have, uh, for the past eight years of doing, endured nothing but losing, you absolutely want to win. And someone would say, well, isn't that obvious? You play a, a professional sport, you should want to win. Heck, I want to win at table tennis. I want to win at paper football. I'm just that competitive. But sometimes when you have had a drubbing over eight years, you lose that desire to win. You start to settle into the idea that, you know what, it is what it is, and here we go again. And any team or any player, whether it's a sport in life, and you're saying that to yourself, that means that you have adopted, officially adopted a losing mentality. But still to hear him say he wants to win, to me, yeah, you like to hear that, but you still like to see that. And no matter who, whatever the coach that comes in, yeah, that's going to be priority number one, winning games. But it's like, how do you win games? Do you have all the pieces to get that accomplished? And more importantly, George, do you have the right attitude in the locker room? You're in that locker room just like I, I am. Guys are very jovial. They're having fun. You know, it's almost like they're undefeated. And that's great. You still want to have that type of attitude. But you and I both know that there's not every single guy in that locker room towing the company line, right? You have these issues when you have guys doing their own thing or guys who are just happy to be there. Because once again, the right thing to do to say, man, I am disappointed in this team, in myself, because our coach is fired. Coaches get fired when players don't do their job. Now, the coaches have you know, their obligations as well, but I know because I've been in locker rooms before as a player and as a coach not everyone is there to win games they're just there, there to just say hey george i'm in the nfl i gotta put it on social media talk to my friends but that coach who comes in he's gonna have to have a weeding out process and that might mean weeding out some of your favorite broncos at the same time you're right nick uh, I think that there's going to be several guys in that locker room right now that won't be back next year. And I think the head, like the new head coach is going to come in and, and uh, I would assume sit down with a lot of the guys and, and see where their head is at uh, and then make decisions based on play on the field and off the field. Speaking of which good segue. Uh, we also heard from Randy Gregory and Dalton Reisner yesterday. Nick, did you catch any of Randy Gregory's press conference? No, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able. He uh, he was very uh, remorseful, I would say. Um, you know, never an easy thing to get up in front of the media uh, and kind of answer those tough questions. I wish he would have done it on Sunday. I think it would have been good to just get it out of the way after the game. But, you know, his emotions were, were very high, obviously. Um, he, he was very heated. And, uh, you know, I think it was, it was probably best to let him cool off and speak with us on Wednesday. Uh, but he basically said the same stuff, Nick. I mean, he was like, yeah, like, you know, my actions might've cost Nathaniel Hackett his job, um, you know, and he felt bad about that. And, and, you know, he also just said that he wishes this whole season 
could have gone differently. And I also thought it was interesting, Nick. He said, you know, his entire career, he's always been fighting this narrative about him. And it's because of his actions off the field. And that, uh, you know, he again caused it himself this week and said that, you know, he, he wants to, for this team and for himself, change the narrative, um, you know, whether that's playing better on the field, uh, staying healthy, but also being a better guy off the field uh, and change that narrative and that he wants to be here long term. And that's why he signed this contract uh, to sort of change the narrative. But what's your maybe your thoughts on here and that? Again, I'm kind of paraphrasing what he said, but what are your thoughts on, on Randy Gregory? Well, of course, for me, I definitely wanted to see Randy Gregory uh, at the podium so he can explain his behavior. And I get it. This is a physical game. It is an emotional game uh, as well. But it's being able to harness and channel the energy that you have inside and distribute it in a positive way. And look, I've been in a situation like Randy Gregory before where I too have uh, unfortunately uh, lost control. And you have to answer, you know, for for your actions. And, and I think this is part of the, the new wave for the Denver Broncos, having guys stand up there and be held accountable. For me, it's not just a head coach and a quarterback who should answer questions when things go wrong. Have some of the other guys answer questions so we get a bead on how this team feels. But I thought it was great that, you know, once again, Randy got up there. He was remorseful uh, for his his actions. And I hope it motivates him, George, to go ahead and and, and we don't know if he's going to play on Sunday, especially with this, this, this injuries that he's dealing with. But hopefully it pushes him to be a, a better person both on and off the field. But I thought it was wise that he did say, hey, listen, I want to be here long term. Because once again, we don't know who's coming in as the next head coach. Is he a Randy Gregory guy? Will he look at those actions and say, well, I don't want that type of guy on my team? And, you know, Greg Penner's already said, the next guy that comes in here, we're giving him all the resources that uh, they want. So that guy could part ways with Randy, but Randy was making uh, a claim for himself that he really wants to be here. And I hope that whomever comes in, uh, they don't look at this incident as a way of just defining him because uh, people can change. And all you need is uh, one situation, and hopefully this is the one that would change things for not just Randy Gregory, but just the Broncos as an organization. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I look, I, I like Randy a lot. Uh, he's been, you know, uh, re, you know, other than Sunday, very good with the media. And again, I kind of was like, you know, indifferent about him, uh, you know, choosing not to speak on Sunday because of what happened. And, and you could just tell in the locker room, the dude was, not in a good place to like, if he, if he would have spoke on Sunday, he probably would have said some things that uh, would have made the situation worse. Uh, so him, you know, deciding not to speak was probably a smart move on his part, but he's a guy, Nick, that one, the Broncos need him to work out, right? Like he's a guy that they signed to a five year, $70 million deal. They need him to be better than what he was this year. And I know the injuries got in the way, but that's why a lot of people maybe weren't, uh, as uh, eager to sign him was because of the injury history. I mean, he's, you look at his career, he's missed a lot of time because of injuries. So, uh, you know, he needs to get that figured out. And sometimes that's, that's not, it's out of his control, but uh, you, you want to see him be healthy moving forward. And then you want to see him be a leader, Nick, because he is a guy in that locker room that's played a lot of football. He's been in the NFL for a while. He's seen a lot of 
ups and downs, right? Uh, he's a guy that I think if he can get, you know, um, that leadership part of him back, because mm-hmm. he had it in Dallas last year from everybody that, that we've talked to, you know, he was on their leadership council, um, you know, in Dallas. If he can be that type of leader, I think he can mean a lot for this football team because especially on that defensive side of the ball, you do have a lot of younger guys uh, other than Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson that, you know, could use a guy like Randy Gregory to lead that room. So I hope he can figure it out because I think it'd be the best for the Broncos. Uh, And again, I I like his personality. So I I think that it'd be a huge boost if if he could become a leader for this football team and become a really good football player. So Nick, we got to take a break. And then we got to dive into Dalton Reisner, Nick, because uh, I have some things to say about Reisner. Uh, I don't know if you caught his press conference yesterday, uh, but the tone was a little bit different than Randy's. uh, And I'll explain that after we take a quick break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, welcome back from that quick break. Uh, and, Nick, I want to talk about Dalton Reisner. We talked about the other guys that kind of took the podium yesterday. Uh, I, did you did you see Reisner's press conference? Yeah, I did. Um, I don't know what your reaction to it was, Nick, but I, I didn't I, – I, I don't know if I, I liked the tone, to be completely blunt. Um, you know, he, he talked about what happened with him and Rippon, and, uh, you know, his first – the first thing he really said was, well, the media didn't cover – the part of us making up on the sidelines. Uh, and I was like, man, listen, here's my thing on that is when you push the backup quarterback on national television and it's broken up by a guy like Latavius Murray and Montreal Washington, no one cares that you made up with the backup quarterback later in the game or, or in the locker room, whenever it happened. Uh, like you can't do that, right? Uh, you're a guy that's been here a long time. Uh, and, and twisting this and turning it all of a sudden back on the media to me just didn't feel the right, like right way to handle that. Um, so I didn't like that, Nick. And then the end of it, I don't know if you caught the end of it, Nick, but he was asked, what would he sell to someone that was going to be the next head coach of the Broncos? Like, what would you sell to someone that, that say, Hey, come coach us, come coach the Broncos. And his answer was, I wouldn't sell anything. Uh, I'm the starting left guard and I don't need, that's not my job, which I mean, technically he's right, but it wasn't a, a great, I wouldn't say a great endorsement uh, of the team or of what he feel like how he feels about the team. And of course his contract, Nick, you and I have talked about it. His contract's up at the end of the year. Maybe he knows he's not going to be back after this season. Maybe he's frustrated that they haven't started talking about that, but I don't know, Nick, I, Maybe you're maybe you have a different opinion, but I didn't really like the way that he handled that yesterday because his to me, what Randy Gregory did, obviously you cannot do. It's unacceptable. You can't punch guys, you can't punch an opponent, all that stuff. But to me, Nick, what 
Dalton Reisner did on the sideline to me, I would be more upset about as a coach than what Randy Gregory, what Randy Gregory did is he's frustrated. He's pissed off. He wants to win and he takes his anger out on the other team. What Dalton Reisner did was not pick up his starting quarterback, then come over to the sideline and shove his backup quarterback. I mean, he's fighting with his own teammates. So I don't know, Nick, the way he reacted yesterday just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Well, first and foremost, um, I've never really seen two offensive guys really go at go at it like that in, in my in my time. Uh, defensive guys, yeah, that's kind of expected because you know we are always you know being aggressive and attacking the defense. Uh, I mean the offense, the opposing offense, but you know we always get into little squabbles because you know that competitive edge. And you know to to Don Ryan's rising to credit, that's a little what he was uh, going through. Uh, it, it was like uh, frustration playing out in real time. Uh, what you would say to him is that, you know, even if you are frustrated, we have to, as men and teammates, know how to handle those situations. And when you push your backup quarterback, it never looks great, even though the two men said that uh, they made up. And I, I, you, like a lot, a lot of other media members, felt as though Dalton Reisner was kind of uh, turning the finger back on them and saying, okay, well, Hey, hey, it, it was your fault. Yeah, you caught it. Yeah, you reported it. But you didn't talk about this other half of making up. And and being off, to be fair, and this is maybe the player inside of me, uh, there are instances where the media just focus on one aspect of a situation. They don't talk about the other aspect. So I kind of agree with Dalton just a little. Uh, the fact that if you're going to tell one part of the story, you got to tell the other too. But it just seemed like the pushing was the catalyst for everything and was part of the disaster that was uh, uh, Christmas, uh, the, the loss, the huge loss to the Rams. So that was a part of it. Now getting to the second part when he was asked, well, how would you sell this team or whatever? I thought he could have done a better salesman job of the team and why he thought it was important for the next guy to come in uh, to want to be here because of the camaraderie in the locker room, how he gelled with the other guys on both sides of the ball, how he made up with Brett Rippon. But we didn't get that. Maybe that was the bitter Dalton Reisner. You know, maybe knowing as though the die may be cast on him already and the team is looking to move in a different direction. Now, that hasn't happened yet, but we'll see what happens with him and his contract. But once again, this was a little of uh, his personal emotion playing out in real time in a professional way. Yeah, and, and again, the media thing, I, again, it's probably because I'm in the media, and so obviously I took it the, the other way. I just feel like – and look, it, he has the right to feel that way. I'm sure there's people that have covered it the wrong way. I know me personally, I've I've included the part that they've made up and that, you know, there's a video out there of them hugging on the sideline, you know, minutes later, uh, and, and it's all being all good. And I know there's probably guys that didn't. I just think to lead with that – when talking about, you know, coming up and, and he's supposed to be coming up there to apologize and immediately saying, well, the media didn't cover this part. It's like, come on, man, like save that for the end of your, your answer. Uh, that's fine. But like to lead with that, it's like, man, don't just flip it right back on us. You're the one that shoved the backup quarterback. But, but, on but, national but, television. But, but here's what I would say. Once again, being a player, right? Right. Dalton Ryzen knows that there are certain, certain people who constantly pound, the negative narrative, and he's probably heard that narrative. People he know 
probably told him the same thing, man, this is what they're saying about you. So he was so upset that he wanted to open up to let that be known. Now, he didn't address anyone uh, by name, but he wanted to let that be known. Like, hey, listen, we did. Yes, you did see what you saw. Right. I, I, I thought I heard Rippin say one thing, but I was totally wrong. But we made up. Can, can we now talk about that as well? And once again, you know, there's not that many George Stoyers that are out there that tell both sides of the story. So he wasn't really speaking to you per se, George. He was speaking to those who only just focus on the incident itself in the show. Yeah, I know. I just, I don't know, man. I just, I just think it could have been, he could have said it better, I guess, but it, it doesn't matter. He, he, you know, he, I think that everyone's sort of ready to move on with it. Um, you know, and he spoke after the game, which I applaud him for. And, and, you know, Brett spoke on Wednesday as well in the locker room and said, everything's good. I, I just think, um, again, maybe he could have said something different, but who knows? I, I've, I've never been in that spot, so I don't know. I also think, though, Nick, you said he didn't name anybody. I think the media should be held accountable. Uh, like, if I were a player, I'd get up there and say, hey, you know, uh, and I won't call anybody <laughs> out, but I would be like, hey, you, you, I saw you didn't ever say anything about this. Uh, you know, just as, as, as we, you know, hold these guys to a high standard to get up there and talk in front of us and answer these tough questions, if they came out there and called me out and said, hey, George, you didn't write about this. Why didn't you ask me about this? Uh, I would applaud that. Like, go for it, man. Like, because there's people, Nick, you know, I've talked about there's people in this 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 media market that uh, probably need to be held accountable every every now and then. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. But Nick, um, you know, one Reisner is going to have a new coach this week. Uh, ben Steele has taken over the offensive line coaching duties. Uh, and Mike Mallory is taking over the special teams coaching duties. Obviously, we've talked a lot about Nathaniel Hackett being let go. Uh, they also let go uh, special teams coordinator Dwayne Stukes uh, and uh, offensive line coach Butch Berry, which Jerry Rosberg, Nick, uh, which I was kind of surprised by. And we'll, we'll, we'll react to it here in a second. But I was kind of surprised. Jerry Rosberg said that he was the one that made those decisions. He's the one that fired both those guys. So here's the audio. Uh, from Jerry Rosberg talking about that and why he made those decisions. With regard to Butch, I have great respect for Butch and, and a, infection. He's a good man and a, really a fine coach. I made that move because I wanted to move in a different direction with the offensive line. I wanted to make an impactful move in the offensive line. We need to get better there to help all aspects of it. And I made that decision. I take full responsibility for it. And I've talked to Butch and I've talked to the players and I've uh, and it's something that we're going to move forward from at this point. That's the nature of the National Football League. Nick, that's him talking about Butch Berry there. Uh, just before that, I don't know if you caught this, Nick, but he talked about the special teams unit. He did not mention Dwayne Stukes, uh, and he said that it was one of the worst units in uh, the NFL. I believe his quote was, uh, we ranked 32nd in many of the metrics, and if you didn't know, there's 32 teams in the NFL. Um, so he was not very happy with the special teams unit. Nick, what was just your, your reaction to them, uh, to him making those two moves? Well, I, I didn't think those moves were going to be made until after the two games remaining in the season were over. But uh, there was kind of maybe a little special teams uh, bias uh, there because he's coached so long in special teams. He had an opportunity to watch his team since week three um, may not have been comfortable with some of the things that coach Stoops was doing. 
But in the role that uh, he was placed in, he couldn't really say too much about it, even though he didn't like it. When Jiro Evero did not take the job, it opened the door for Rosberg to now say, hey, listen, I don't like what you're doing. I don't like the stats on your on, on your special teams unit. So we're just going to go ahead and move away from you. But you, you bring up a very interesting point. I noticed he didn't mention Coach Stoops' name, but Butch Berry, he did mention his name, but he spoke about him as being a good man. He didn't speak about him as being a good coach. That was something that really stuck out to me. And then he followed that by saying, I wanted to take this offensive line in a different direction. He's saying that both coaches, by sitting back watching them, were not doing things that he would have liked to see them do or were that he was fond of uh, based on his coaching experience. So he wanted to make a move. Uh, yeah, that happens in NFL. For us, we just get a chance to see how it plays out real time and see how the offensive line responds and see how the special teams unit respond. And if those two units go out and play well, it only it won't only speak volumes to Jerry Rosberg decision making, but it's also going to highlight uh, Nathaniel Hackett and maybe his poor choices in coaches as well. Yeah, I mean the the Dwayne Stuke stuff to me was really interesting because, um, like I said, he didn't mentioned Dwayne Stukes by name. Uh, he also basically said it was a bad unit. And then, Nick, you think back to what Dwayne Stukes said about Jerry Rosberg when Rosberg was first hired. I don't know if you remember this, Nick, but he was asked, hey, are you going to lean on uh, Jerry Rosberg and ask for advice? And Dwayne Stukes said no. <laughs> he said uh, you know, that he doesn't need his help, essentially is what he said. And uh, I'm sure that those two did not see eye to eye. Uh, and I think that's what ended up happening, happening here. So, uh, very interesting stuff, but Nick, what, what can we maybe see that's going to be maybe different from those two units? Uh, I joked with somebody, I was like, you watch Montreal Washington is going to return a kick for a touchdown <laughs> now, uh, because Jerry Rosberg's coaching up the special teams, which by the way, I, I think I said this earlier in the show, he was regarded as one of the best special teams coaches in the NFL before he retired. So, I do think we might see some changes there. And then obviously the offensive line, it sounds like they might be doing some different stuff. Well, if Montreal Washington takes one back to the house, for me, he's going to be doing something that comes natural uh, to him. I mean, we've seen flashes uh, of his speed and his vision and his burst. But the one thing that uh, derails a punt returner, kick returner's ability to kind of advance the ball in an explosive way are the guys blocking in front of him. In front of them. So now if we do see uh, two explosive returns by Montreal Washington or one being taken to the house, it's going to be because the guys in front of him, now a fire's been lit under them for them to do their job and they can't coast anymore. Not because of Montreal, but because the unit itself. Yeah. It's again, it's going to be interesting to see what the special teams units look like these next two weeks. Cause I do think Jerry Rosberg is going to change some things up what they're doing. Uh, and maybe it's, you know, small things that we don't really see. Right. Um, but I do think that we'll, we'll see some stuff. So maybe they're maybe more productive on that side. Cause that they really haven't been a great unit this year. So, and also just, uh, you know, I think across the board, Nick, it's going to be interesting to see what they look like this weekend and next weekend against the chargers. Nick, we didn't break down much of this game. Um, that's coming up because there's a lot of other stuff going on, right, with this football team. But what what do you want to see this weekend? And 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 give me a prediction. What 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 do you think happens this Sunday? Well, I want to see the team fight, right? Uh, we saw them fight in the second half 
uh, here at home playing against this Kansas City Chiefs team. I want to see what these, uh, you know, new changes mean for the Broncos, how the players adapt, how the coaches adapt. And knowing as though you plant the team, you haven't beaten 14 tries. Let's see what that looks like now. And will the Broncos win that game? I'm not sure, George. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Obviously, I'm going to give that to the Kansas City Chiefs because they don't want to have a letdown to the Denver Broncos. But this would be a great opportunity for the Broncos to kind of sneak up from behind and pounce and take advantage of a Kansas City team that's already looking past them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is a game that you just want to see good effort. That's it. You want to see good effort. Uh, you want to see them maybe move the ball. You want to see Russell Wilson play well, right? Uh, that's another thing Jerry Rosberg said yesterday is that, that Russell Wilson will be the starting quarterback these last two weeks. I, I didn't expect that to change, but he did say he will be the starting quarterback. Um, and, and so you want to see him play well. You want to see the offense move. You want to see – you just want to see guys play hard, Nick. That's that's really it these last two weeks. I know you want to win these two games, right? Uh, win one for the Gipper, uh, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, maybe again, maybe Jerry Rosberg earns himself a lifetime contract with a win on Sunday, but I don't see that happening. Uh, I, I, I like the Chiefs in this game. I think the spread is, I think, like 12 and a half. I think the Broncos keep it close, uh, you know, and then maybe the Chiefs, you know, pull away late, something like 31 17 or something like that. But uh, that that's what you want to see these last two weeks. And, and really, you also want to see guys not get hurt, Nick. Uh, you know, they've had so many injuries this year. I think it's 27 guys on the IR, no serious injuries, uh, these last couple of weeks. And, and, uh, again, just play hard, keep these games close. Uh, I still think they could steal one against the chargers the last week, just cause one, I'm not a believer in the chargers. And two, I wouldn't be shocked if they, they rest some of their guys considering they've already clinched for the playoffs. So, um, again, that's what you want to see. I think Jerry Rosberg, uh, is the right guy to be the interim head coach right now. Nick, it's also going to be interesting to hear from Ejiro Evero uh, today. He'll be speaking with the media. Obviously, he's a candidate for the head coaching job. Uh, players had a lot of good stuff to say about him, so going to be interesting to hear. Anyways, Nick, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, this felt like a long podcast, but we, we covered a lot of topics. I mean, the, the organization is in transition. I, like many uh, Broncos fans, want to see someone that, that comes in and instills a certain type of uh, accountability and discipline with his team. And on the uh, game on Sunday, I want to see very uh, few penalties, uh, no turnovers, and I don't want another lackluster performance. So this is going to tell me a lot about certain guys in that locker room and the, what direction that this organization is headed. But more importantly, what you know the early words from Jerry Rosberg, did they really sink in? Did guys grab a hold to those words? and go out there and try to put their best foot forward. So it's going to be an interesting game to watch on, on Sunday just for those reasons alone. Yeah, and definitely we'll, we'll, we'll get into breaking down these last two games these next couple of weeks. But, Nick, we'll also be talking about you know who some of these candidates might be, who we think would be the right fit for this job. Maybe it's Jerry Rosberg. Who knows? Um, but we have a lot to dive into these, these next few weeks as the Broncos, like you said, enter a huge transition show. So thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, make sure you guys like subscribe to the podcast, make sure you guys share it uh, with your friends and, and family and all that good stuff. And we will see you guys next week after the Broncos and chiefs game.